Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello friend and welcome once again to the Words of Jesus series. Think Red Ink Ministries is really, really happy to be bringing this to you and to your particular area. Hey, have you invited any friends to watch the show? I'd love for you to do that. That's the way things get done, by the way. All the advertising in the world uh, is nothing like somebody just uh, word of mouth telling somebody that they're enjoying the show. Uh, If you want to uh, set your um, recorders, whether you've got the old-fashioned tape recorder, CD recorder, TiVo, I don't know what's going on out there today, but uh, if you have some way of setting it up to... um, to view this channel at this particular time when we come on. Uh, you can uh, watch these shows at your leisure. Um, and uh, Thinkritic Ministries has in mind to uh, make all these things available to you in one way or another. And uh, you keep up with what's going on there on the website and at thinkredink.com and uh, you'll be able to find what you need. A lot of these shows, I realize, they're kind of packed. And sometimes you just need to hear them twice. Sometimes you just, uh, I don't know, you just got to do it again. Uh, Just uh, think, you know, did I hear that right? (laughs) I understand that. Uh, I understand that concept uh, very, very well. Um, But um, most of the time, uh, the reactions we get to our show is, gee whiz, I never heard anything like that before. Um, But... uh, over, t- over time, as people listen with an open mind and, and, uh, and honesty, it's one of the prerequisites to uh, understanding and appreciating what we do here because uh, um, w- we take great pains to eliminate the uh, dishonesty that is so uh, prevalent in Christianity today. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to take time to list them all um, because they, uh, well, they condemn people. People get upset when you talk about them uh, making up stories and, you know, making situations uh, that are, um, you know, by all intents and purposes are, are natural occurrences, but... Um, they uh, like to turn them into miracles and these kind of things and turn things into spiritual warfare and this kind of stuff when it's really just you doing whatever you want to do for your own reasons and uh, you cause this situation because you didn't have the the will, the strength, the capacity, the spirit, whatever it takes to uh, serve God in a proper way and in a proper manner and you find yourself uh, out there in the in the wilderness wondering what to do. Well, you know, try to eliminate those kind of things in your life by uh, appreciating God for everything that He does for us, whether it's something that's pleasant or something that's unpleasant. Uh, but, you know, like like the preacher says in, I think it's Ecclesiastes, he says, you know what, I've been living a long time. Here's what I figured out. Good and bad things happen to good and bad people. And um, it's, it's a shame. Uh, but uh, you know they happen, and uh, if if uh, you have that kind of fortitude, uh, th- that you really do want to serve God in spirit and in truth, um, 
there's a lot more to that than living um, in uh, some some realm of Christianity that we developed that we say, uh, oh, it's spirit and it's truth. It's my truth and it's, uh, you know, whatever spirit we can conjure with loud enough music. Uh, uh, but no, no, that, that's not so. There's a spiritual aspect of Christianity that cannot be ignored. And that has to do with doctrines and theologies and understandings of exactly who our God is and how he intends on doing what he does and how it affects our lives. But then there's that aspect of just truth. It is truth. Uh, when things aren't true, uh, you do well to remove them from your life. We don't need any more fantasy. We don't need any more things that aren't necessarily real. Uh, there's there's a whole generation of people that are growing up that think that, you know, Star Trek is history. You know, these... You know, we've had the Star Trek Enterprise since 1965 and visiting Alpha Centauri or whatever else. I don't know. It's fantasy, folks. And uh, a lot of times uh, uh, preachers figure out early on in their ministry that that's, that's what sells. <laughs> People are interested in fantasy. They like to believe things are true that aren't necessarily true. There's no reason to believe them, but makes them happy. Um, just recently I talked to a, a pastor who was talking to another preacher that he says, you know, how can, how do you teach this with the scripture saying, um, I mean, essentially the opposite of what you teach. And he says, I know that's not true. I know that that, that concept is not necessarily valid, but it gives people comfort. And I'm thinking, geely peasy where in the world did, did our our preachers get the idea that that's their job to make us feel better um but uh it's it's what sells uh we have been in chapter four uh when jesus stood up in the temple and read from isaiah let's see if we can get some more of this uh story read here um, we find that Jesus uh, read from Isaiah about the ministry of Messiah and claimed it, by all intents and purposes, claimed it as his own uh, and, and made himself the Messiah. And he really flipped out a bunch of people there. And, in order, and, and on top of everything else, he didn't let it go as this is something that you might suspect because you're watching me and you hear me say this, you think, oh my goodness, you know, this, this, this could be the Messiah. He didn't leave it to their, to their wonderings and leave them in some quandary, wondering whether or not, you know, this is the way it is. He had to add right at the end of it, this day, this prophecy is fulfilled in your ears. And uh, removing all doubt, removing everything from their minds that, yes, I am seeing and hearing exactly what he's trying to, to say to me uh, and, and present to me. He, I'm seeing it. This man's claiming to be the Messiah. All right, uh, many of those who were present were bewildered uh, and others were awe-inspired. They questioned among themselves, is this not Joseph's son? Others, hearing him, were astonished. They said, 
From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which, which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. This is the realization that is occurring to the people in the audience that day that not only is he claiming to be Messiah, but it really does look that way to me. These people are not only arguing against or for and and with other people in the congregation. They're arguing with their own self. These are questions they're asking within themselves. Now, you'll find as we continue, that uh, the Pharisee says, we know you're not the Christ. How do you know I'm not the Christ? Because we know where you came from. And we know that when Messiah comes, no man knoweth whence he is. No man knows where he comes from. Now, (laughs) you know, I'm thinking, okay, so where did you get that idea? Where did you get that idea? I've looked for it in vain in the scriptures. Um, I can't find it. But they were totally convinced of it. The reason I'm saying this to you in this particular age that we live in, the reason I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that this is important and wanting to say it to you is because we had some of the greatest religious minds in the world you know, uh, you can speak disparagingly of the rabbis if you want to, but the fact of the matter is that these scribes, Pharisees, Sadducees, these people's lives were dedicated to knowing, understanding the scriptures, understanding the prophecies. This was their whole life. They weren't shoe salesmen, or in, in Jesus' disciples' case, you know, fishermen and tax collectors and these kind of things that kind of took this on last week. These are some of the greatest religious minds in the world. And they had, over a period of time, mixed man's commandments in with God's commandments, man's prophecies and his sayings and his little maxims that they lived by All these things were so interspersed with the scriptures, they couldn't tell them apart anymore. Friend, that's where we are today. I mean, you can hear somebody out there say, you know, well, you know what the Bible says, penny saved is a penny earned. What? (laughs) What? Um, And I'm thinking, yeah, I mean... Well, you don't agree? Well, yeah, I mean, I agree that a penny saved, a penny earned, I get that. You know, yeah, it's good advice and that kind of thing, but saying it's from the scriptures, do you really need to do that? And, uh, I mean, Ben Franklin said that, didn't he? <laughs> I'm just wondering, what what is this all about? Man's doctrines and his commandments get so interspersed with religion, we can't tell it apart anymore. I was at uh, at uh, Mount Rushmore in, in uh, South Dakota, and they had, I think it was on the 4th of July, so it was a big 
big deal, right? They were having fireworks and they were having displays and they were having these kind of things. And the government has among their, um, in their um, parks and stuff, they have people that they call interpreters now. Uh, they're not guides. They're not rangers. They're interpreters. Um, isn't it exciting to be involved in a progressive world? Uh, and this particular interpreter was uh, playing a little game with the audience. And uh, she would say, all right, I'm going to give you a quote. And you tell me which one of these men, and she's pointing at the four men on uh, that are lit there, it's at night, and pointing at these four men on the mountain, tell me which one said this thing. And uh, she would give a quote, and somebody would call out a name of one of them. Yeah, that's right, or, or I, don't, I don't think anybody's wrong today. <laughs> if they give a wrong answer, it's, well, we're going we're gonna to try, anybody else, anybody else, you know. Because nobody's wrong. Well, uh, she, this little game went on for a while. And then finally she said, um, she's going to give a quote. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Well, Big Mouth Don's in the audience. So what's going to happen? <laughs> is he going to stand up and attribute this to Abraham Lincoln? Like everybody else in that crowd is going to try to do. Oh, no, no, no. That would be plagiarism. <laughs> so I stood up and said, Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, I got to thinking, okay, uh, you know, my whole life's involved in red words. Am I the only one that knows this, of this whole crowd out here? <laughs> and I thought, uh, this is what's happened. Things have become so secularized and we have added man's words to God's words, God's words to men. And we've done this so much that we can't tell it apart anymore. One of the reasons why we're doing the Words of Jesus series. You need to know what he said. And if, if the Lord is good to you and gives you revelation, not only will you know what he said, but you're going to know why he said it. The situation around these, uh, around a lot of the sayings of Christ have a tendency to enrich and in some cases change the meaning completely from what we've always understood it to be. So uh, hang on tight and enjoy yourself. Um, the, the argument that was being made here was, is it's obvious to me and it's obvious to a lot of people around here that just perhaps... This man is the anointed one. But they started arguing with themselves, saying, Is this, isn't this Joseph's son? Couldn't be the Messiah, because we don't know where the Messiah comes from. He was making a judgment based on something that was not necessarily revealed to him or given to him by the Scriptures. What was, what was happening was, is he was trying to convince himself wrongfully by something that some man had taught him. As a matter of fact, I've hear and you have may may have heard people quote uh, that God does not hear sinners, and the Bible says God heareth not sinners. 
I've heard people quote that as if that's so. But in, in reality, that was being quoted, but that was being quoted by a Pharisee. He was saying something that people have always said. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. I thank God it's not true. If you didn't hear sinners, none of us would be able to have his ear and cry out for salvation. We know that's not true, but people say it because it's in the Bible. Uh, God hears not sinners. Um, there, there's, there, well, you know, the list, I'm sure the list is long of things that are, that are said in the scriptures that are not necessarily true because they're said by people that don't know. And there's, uh, uh, when Jesus said that he was the son of God, he said, now we know you have a devil. Well, how'd you, what do you mean you know I have a devil? Well, you said you're the son of God. So what? And they said, well, that makes you equal with God. Who says? Well, that's what they grew up believing. That's what they said to each other. Um, if you say you're the son of God, that makes you equal with God. No, it doesn't. But they said it did. And they rejected him for it. I guess what I want to get across to you is that you're not dealing with a bunch of stupid religious people here. This isn't just a group that, you know, that meets at Denny's on Friday afternoon. This is, these people knew what, they knew the scriptures. The scribes knew the scriptures so well they could quote it, you know, book at a time. They knew the scriptures. But here's what you need to realize. If you're all excited about end time prophecy and you're all excited about learning more and more about Jesus and reading your Bible and memorizing scripture and not letting anything take you by surprise in the end days. You're excited about all that and you spend a lot of time in that. Let me tell you something. There's a group of, of men described in the scriptures that, that were the, the people and the ministry and the, and the priesthood of God Almighty that sat and watched John the Baptist walk the streets of their city and watch Jesus come in, do miracles, fulfill prophecy after prophecy after prophecy, and they still missed him. Why is that? Well, it goes back to the same thing I told you weeks ago. This is not education. This is revelation. Do you want protection from the, from the, the uh, strong delusion that's coming on the earth? Do you want protection from false prophets? It's not by holding their feet to the fire and, and listening to their sermons and, and checking out and seeing if they believe this and they believe that and if they confess this and they confess that. And, you know, this, or if, if they do that, then they're good. And if they don't do that, then they're bad. They're false prophets. That is not what, man, we're supposed to know these things within our own, our own self, within our spirit. This isn't guesswork. This isn't T-charts and pros and cons. This isn't making a decision in some logical uh, fashion through your education or through what you think you know. This is revelation. These kind of things are revealed. Jesus said, you know, if you'd have known my father... You'd have known me. If you knew me, you'd know my father. Nobody, but nobody knows the father. Except the son. 
and to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Oh, 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 back up. What did he just say? Nobody knows the Father except who the Son reveals him to? You mean you can't educate yourself into this? You can't learn so much that you can logically deduce who the Father of lights is? To know who Jehovah is? To understand him and his way and and all about him? You can't learn that from books? No, you cannot learn that from books. If it's never been revealed to you, it's never been revealed. Peter says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't tell you that, Pete. Where'd you get that from? Well, gee, I don't know. He says, <laughs> with a slight British accent. <laughs> I don't know. And he said, the Father revealed that to you. This is the revelation. This, this revelation is the rock upon which I'm going to build my church. I'm going to come into you and I'm going to live in you and lead you and guide you into all truth. You're going to have one teacher, one pastor, one rabbi, one master. Who is that? Me. Me, me, me. Nobody else but me. You want to know the hierarchy of the children of God inside the kingdom of God? You've got Jesus Christ. Little box right here. Jesus Christ, Son of God, Messiah, anointed one, and all those names underneath there. And then a little stem coming down to a line with boxes from hither to yon of us. He said, one is your master, and all of you are brethren. Really? Is that the way this works? Yes, that's the way this works. He is to be our teacher. He is to be our guide. You want to do it some other way? Oh, you'll have company. You'll have friends. You'll be a part of a big denomination somewhere. But uh, when it comes down to closing your eyes in death, I hope it's, I hope it's sufficient. It won't be. I don't know how many people you've seen die, but uh, it's not a pretty sight. And it's an embarrassing sight when they've been a Christian all of their life and they still have no assurance. And they still are, are, are they're scared to death of death. It's sad. Really? You didn't believe this all your life? They thought they did, but they didn't. Why? Because they got it through their brains. They got it through their ear holes. They got it through their eyes and reading. They got it through preachers. They got it through socializing with the right people. But nobody but nobody received revelation from God. Ah, you know, you don't have to live that way. You can receive this kind of revelation. How do you do it? First step, keep the commandments of God. Work on that. We'll get back, to, we'll get back with you on the next two steps. <laughs> Got to move on here. It says that they were trying to determine that he was not the Messiah, and these are the reasons why. They all had to do with his familiarity with the neighborhood and who who he was, who his brothers were, who his sisters were. And uh, they were offended at him. Now, when it says offended, uh, this is King James English. This is, you know, back in the day when words meant different things. They were saying that this was huge stumbling stone. 
This was, this was big. Um, it wasn't that they were offended that they went off into their crying room. <laughs> no, no. They were offended in that they couldn't move any further than this, what, than what's in front of them right now. That's being offended. You can't move forward. You know the Bible uses the term a rock of offense. Do you know what that is? It's a rock laid in the path of a warrior that can't go through with a chariot or he can't go through with a horse. Some of them were, were so strategically laid out that a man couldn't walk through them. Those were rocks of offense. And they stopped people from moving forward. And that's exactly what happened to these people. We cannot go past this right here. Jesus says, you will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you the truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah when, the, when uh, heaven was shut up three years and six months. When great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elijah sent, save unto Sarepta, city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. We're going to talk about this as we continue next time. Because um, uh, I think that you, you'll find me referring constantly to a huge stumbling stone in, in the lives of many Christians is the idea of universality, uh, instantaneous um, uh, uh, salvation and miracles and instantaneous this and that, um, and also uh, uh, the, um, the surety or uh, almost obligation under which God has to operate when we ask that he essentially has to do it. I realize there's a lot of people that wouldn't dare say that, Boy, they sure talk that way. You know, why, why is it you're in that wheelchair? I thought you were a Christian. Really? Would you say that to somebody in a wheelchair? Well, probably. It's been done. But um, uh, it, it's that, that instantaneous, that, uh, what is that? It, it's it's kind of like an entitlement that we have. The entitlement idea. This is very, very dangerous. Well, uh, time's gone for today, and uh, we appreciate you uh, coming by and making this a part of your day. Uh, join us next time for the words of Jesus. We want to hear from you. Hey, just send me an email, don at thinkreading.com, and uh, I would love to hear from you that you're listening and, and what you think of the show. Well, until next time, bye-bye. You've been listening to Don C. Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. Email don at thinkredink.com.
That's thinkredink.com. Join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.